0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the very beginning of this season that we're now in, Trinity Tide, I remind you again the purpose of Trinity Tide as I spoke then. This season is entirely dedicated to the work of our Lord Jesus Christ instructing us and teaching us how to truly live as His disciples, now filled with the Holy Spirit, to live in such a way in the kingdom of God that in the way that we live, we are constantly becoming more and more like our God, our Heavenly Father, in His nature. Today we continue in that. Because today our Lord Jesus Christ wants to teach us how to live as His disciples, with the material goods that He has granted to us and for His glory. In our Gospel reading today, from the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 16, our Lord Jesus Christ tells a parable. It's the parable that we know as the parable of the unjust servant. And here's how it goes. A rich man had put someone in the responsibility of the stewardship of all his material wealth and his goods. And an accusation was brought against this steward that he was wasting this rich man's money. And so the rich man calls the steward before him. And he said, give me an account of your stewardship for you will no longer be my steward. Now this sent great fear into the steward. This was his livelihood to be a steward of the rich man's goods. What am I going to do now that I'm losing my job? Someone, if I lose this job, someone is going to have to take me in and care for me. And so here's what he did. He called everyone who was in debt to his master, the rich man. He said, come before me. And one by one, each person that owed something to the rich man, an amount of debt, came to the steward. And one by one, the steward said, okay, you owe a hundred, just give me fifty. Give me 50 and your debt is settled. And one by one, he lessened what they had to pay to his master. And then closed the debt. They were no longer. erased the debt for them. Please understand what this steward did. He showed mercy to all of those who were indebted to the rich man, his master. This became in those moments his stewardship of the rich man's goods to show mercy with them. Jesus then tells us that the master was impressed and he commended his steward because he had dealt so shrewdly. And then Jesus commenting to further teach on the parable that he just told. He said, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive to an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what belongs to another man, who will give you what is your own? My friends, Jesus is showing all those He taught and He's showing us that in the parable He is the rich man. And every one of us is stewards of everything that belongs to God that we're granted temporary possession of. And we are to take ownership of absolutely nothing in this life because everything belongs to Him as a gift from Him that we might become like Him by the way that we use it. This is just the way it was in paradise. Remember, God created all things. Is there any question that He owned it all? He created all things and He places mankind in the garden. This was by His design to grant them stewardship of everything that He had created. Why? Because He was going to be in that garden present with them, teaching them how to be stewards of all that He created and what would happen in the way that they would be obedient to what He would show them and be a steward of all things like He would be a steward of all things, they would grow in the glory of the likeness of their Creator by the way they tended what didn't belong to them. You see that? Keep that principle. We own nothing. We are given everything by our Lord's. And our God makes us stewards of all that is in our possession. What about these interesting statements? I have to confess sometimes when I read this, I still have to get to the truth by going through something that makes me a little cross-eyed. And what about these statements about unrighteous mammon? Jesus says, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. Be faithful with the unrighteous mammon. Anytime you see that word unrighteous. We tend to think sin. But that's not what this unrighteous mammon is. According to the language. And all of the fathers. And what they teach. The unrighteous mammon. That our Lord is referring to. Is all those things in our possession. That are not eternal. All those things in our possession. That are finite. Things that will pass away. The money in our accounts. Our homes. Our cars our material goods on earth that we cannot and will not take with us when we go before the Lord. But all those things that I mentioned, we've been made stewards over by the God who distributes it all to each for His good purposes, for His glory, and for our salvation. Yet they belong to Him alone. And the message that our Lord Jesus Christ in this parable, what is it that He's telling us about what to do In this great stewardship of all these non-eternal, material, temporary goods that we have in this life. The answer is found precisely in what the steward does when he feared for his well-being. Because of the master's judgment. He took what belonged, not to him, but belonged to the rich man and he used those things to show mercy to be merciful to those who were indebted to where they could not pay and who were in need of relief. His stewardship was the pouring out of mercy to others through material means. And any time we take all that belongs to God that's in our possession temporarily and truly live as stewards like this, when we become vessels of mercy with what belongs to God, By the grace of God and by the design of God, we are becoming like our God who in His nature is the merciful giver and the merciful provider for every soul that He ever created. Listen to the words of St. Ephraim the Syrian on this. By using the transitory things of this world which are not ours, we are to purchase for ourselves those things which will not pass away he then says, Through what was not his, Adam got something that was not his, namely thorns and pains. In other words, through Adam's disobedience, he was not to touch that fruit. And through his disobedience, not being an obedient and good steward, even of that, he got what he never should have had and was not created to have. He, he got the suffering of a lower existence of living and he bought for himself through that disobedience and poor stewardship, death itself. St. Stephen continues, O children of Adam, buy for yourselves those things that do not pass away by means of those temporary things that are not yours. St. John Chrysostom says something similar. He says, "Riches." are alone from God that are to be deposited with the poor so that we might receive a hundredfold reward for they will be our friends in the eternal habitations. Have you ever thought about this? When you take what belongs to God and you give faithfully in obedience to Him to someone in need that in eternity our Lord Jesus Christ may not be your only advocate but the poor will cry out. Who you sowed the seeds of mercy into. Have you thought about that? Perhaps we should. Perhaps we should. You see the problem. That all of us. All of us have. To varying degrees. Is that we are in bondage. To a deceit. That anything we have. Belongs to us. That we have ownership of it. And that we are the providers. For our own lives. And these lies, these deceits, they produce within us a need for control, a need to protect, to safeguard. Because if we're our only providers and we truly don't know God enough to know that He is our provider, we are going to protect our stuff. It's the opposite of love. It's self-protection, self-preservation. That's what it is. And it denies the love and power of God as to every one of us. I want you to do me a favor for just a second. I want you to take your fist like this. Take it, everybody. And I want you to squeeze it as hard as you can like you're trying just to destroy something. Do it. I want to see shaking. Stop. Was there even a millisecond of the time that you were doing this that you felt any peace and rest we should think about that beyond just our monetary control but so many things that we try to take control of in our lives because everything we do, we shape. We shape, we struggle and we cannot rest. The rest is in knowing Him and trusting Him and releasing the grip. And this is what our Lord is trying to teach us. And by the way, this problem of not recognizing that we are stewards of everything of God and this problem that we have of not trusting Him to provide for us and to provide through us. God has known this since the fall of man, my friends. And this is why He gave to His people, both in the Old Covenant and the the New, an antidote of a spiritual discipline to take us from this to this. We know it is the spiritual discipline of the tithe. It's the one that deals with our earthly goods that God has made us stewards over. One through which we can grow to know God and thus to trust Him and thus to be obedient to Him in all that we have. One through which we can be freed from the bondage of our control, ownership, and self-preservation. He called His people in the Old Testament and calls His people in the New. To present to him the first tenth of what belongs to him. And then he asks us to be stewards of the other 90% of what belongs to him. And as we do that and release the tenth of control, he manifests by his grace. His true heart and reality of provisions for us every day of our life. When we walk in this discipline, and I greatly, you've heard me say this before, one of my spiritual Achilles heels was this fear of control of finances and restlessness over will I have what I need, particularly in my early adulthood. When we walk in this discipline, by His grace, He reveals Himself as perfect provider. And what happens as we grow in the knowledge of that? Our heart, our soul, relaxes from control into I know God, and you have this. What do you want me to do with all this stuff, which is far more than so many have? <clears throat> what do you want? God, through this discipline, He's not only growing trust, but I say this word again. He's growing the obedience of a true disciple that follows Him. Obedience. Is a huge word in our faith because obedience is a mark of the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated. And obedience is the mark of one that lays down their will to take on the will of one greater and more perfect. Obedience is huge. And this discipline teaches us that trusting obedience so that not only in the tenth, and by the way, God's desire is not that we offer to Him the tenth of what belongs to Him but that we offer the rest of the 90% to whatever he tells us to do with it. And for whom to bless, you see? Do you all mind here in August if we have a little Christmas? A little Christmas in the 100 plus degree, August, like it or not, here it comes. Those of you who have known me long enough You know my love for Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I see so many spiritual truths of theosis and the salvation of man that is presented by a man being brought to repentance in that story. And we see something very specific to what our Lord is trying to show us this morning because it communicates to us what our lives to truly look like as being good stewards of all that belong to joy, but even more, The story presents us with the joy that enters into a dark soul when one gives over control and becomes a good steward, showing mercy to many. You'll remember Ebenezer Scrooge at the very beginning of the story. The book describes him, actually very potently, the book describes him as a like a wraith, like a sunken-in, wrinkly, old man Who's always... It's like his entire being is this. And he's always angry. And he's one who closed himself off from any community, from all others. And therefore, he closed himself off from both loving and receiving love. The man is a miser with his goods. Oh, he's in control of it all. And he despises the needy. And he guards his wealth because it's his... He underpays his employee, Bob Cratchit. He shows no mercy to him whatsoever or to any others in need. There is no mercy in this man. And he is entirely other than what God created mankind to be. And this is the way Dickens presents him but after the visit of the three spirits that goes to christmas past present and future and finally being confronted with his own mortality the gift of his own mortality he comes to that incredible blessed repentance as tears flow and he cries out for mercy and another day and he's so overcome by the mercy of being given another day, that his whole entire disposition is turned not inside out, but right side in, as he was always meant to be. Nothing is his anymore. The grip goes like this, and he has eyes to see and a heart to long to do something for the poor and the suffering. And so you see the true Joy of stewardship as he begins to dole out all of his riches to the needy. And he's doing it with such joy, and that's even the book talks about it, but when you see the productions of it, you see the manifestation of change. Joy comes into this man. It's a joy that when it's acted properly, and most of them are, you want that. You see the joy of mercy, the joy of provision. And they're all coming through this man. And he goes beyond, not just increasing the pay to a right level, but goes beyond and increases the pay of his employee, Bob Cratchit. He spares no expense for the medical care, the medical needs of Bob Cratchit's son, Tiny Tim, literally saving his life. He spares no expense for anyone because love is now flowing from him. And he's giving through all that he possessed never see him concerned and counting and in control there's no grimace on his face anymore there is pure pure and true joy of being a cheerful giver because become man after God's own heart every time as I talk about that the images go through my mind the words of his book and I long even though I'm growing I long for The joy of God in what we're talking about. You see, Jesus in this parable is telling us how to live as his disciples with everything that belongs to him. So we need to live as though they belong to God and not us. And let us engage the spiritual discipline of the time so that the grace can flow for the transformation of our soul into our true identity, which is this. A steward, not an owner. A steward. And let our material needs. Because Christ, when we begin with our heart being changed, He gives us spiritual eyes to see needs where we never saw them before. Because of our spiritual blinders that we have on. And when we see the need, if the Lord says, give, meet it, do so. And give cheerfully. And in doing so, He will make you more and more like His mercy. I promise you this. Many of you have tasted this. I've tasted it in parts and I want more. But when the mercy and provision of God flows through us to another we experience joy that comes from who God is. For our Lord will never be undone as the merciful and cheerful and joyous giver and provider of all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.